It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are Away we go with a Friday edition of the Sports Rush. It is a busy, busy Friday. All types of things being affected by the weather, and we've got an update coming up for you. We've also got a fabulous two hours of sports entertainment, including Greg Rakestraw to talk IHSAA boys basketball sectional play. We've got Shane Alberani. They'll give us an update on what's happening with the Comets, not only on a losing streak, but the Comets with a couple of changes to the roster this week. We'll get updated by the voice of the Comets, who is feeling better, Shane Alberani. Also, big weekend for the Comets. They're going to go back and recognize multiple championship teams and a number of the former players are going to be recognized along with that. We'll talk to Shane Alberani about the special events happening tomorrow night at the Coliseum. Uh, also, women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano from Purdue-Fort Wayne. What a game last night. We'll talk to her coming up at about 520. Uh, and uh, we'll give it about another 10 minutes. And then we're going to give you a rundown of all the high school sectionals that have been postponed. A number of them in our area are not going to be played tonight because of the weather. And, you know, this reminds me so much of the trip to, to Wisconsin I had last week, Adam. I, you know, there was that winter storm a week ago. And this is like being in Chicago. Heavy rain, cold rain. And you knew that as soon as you headed north from where you were located, which we, of course, are right here in Fort Wayne, at that point we were in Chicago. And we knew if we got going north, we risked running into the nasty weather. And that's basically what we've got here in Indiana. North of Fort Wayne, from the north edge of Allen County going north, you're liable to experience some pretty rough weather and road conditions. And for that reason, a lot of the sectionals, especially those taking place to the north of Fort Wayne and those taking place in the northwest part of the state have been postponed tonight. But we'll give you an update coming up here in just a few minutes, last night, uh, got home, went ahead and flipped on my computer, get my ESPN Plus, went to women's basketball, checked out the Horizon League, and there's the Purdue-Fort Wayne women taking on IUPUI. No chance, right? No chance. They beat, they've lost to IUPUI 11 straight times. And this game taking place down in the jungle, down in Indianapolis, where IUPUI is the three seed. Mastodons just barely escaped winning against the last place team in the league two nights before on their home floor. So this is where it ends. Nice season. Progress being made. Year number two for the Mastodons women. Not so fast, my friend. Massanon's women uh, jumped out to a big lead early. 
Uh, and actually, IUPUI scored the first five points of the game in like 15 seconds. And I thought, oh, this is not going to go well. And then all of a sudden, the Mastodons went on a, a big run. They led 20 to 9. Now, unfortunately, they got to 20 with just under five minutes left in the first period. And they didn't score again until halfway through the second period. They went almost, I think it was close to eight, nine minutes without scoring a single point. And yet at halftime, they still led 38 to 30. I mean, what's the chances that you go through a first half, 20 minutes of basketball, and of course women play quarters, and you go through the first 20 minutes where you had like a nine-minute run where you didn't even score a single point, and at halftime, you've got an eight-point advantage. That tells you what kind of defense they were playing against IUPUI. Uh, it also tells you they were hitting the shots they, they did get when they did score, and a lot of those were three-pointers because they finished the game 13 for 23 from three-point land, and uh, that translates to 57% from long range. And Audra Emerson, who is actually an Indiana, Indianapolis area native out of Fishers, went six for seven from long range. Almost automatic. I don't know if she had a ball hit the rim. Might have been six for six and an air ball. No, I don't actually know if she had an air ball. But great uh, first half, eight-point lead. Things were even in the third quarter. And then a high-scoring fourth quarter. And it got a little hairy there at the end. IUPUI got it tied up, and the Mastodons had the response, built a six-point lead, and ultimately won by four, 73-69. But here's the thing that's a shocker when you look at the box score. Listen to these stats comparisons. First of all, both teams had 26 field goals. One team made 11 free throws. The other one made eight. One team had 16 offensive rebounds. The other team had three. One team had 38 total rebounds to the other team having 24, a 38 to 24 rebounding advantage. And one team had three block shots. The other team had one. And the team that had all those gaudy stats is the team that lost by four points. IUBUI dominated on the glass, had more free throws, had more block shots, and both teams couldn't take care of the basketball. It was an exchange of turnover after turnover. And a lot of that is because the defenses were playing really relentless on both sides. But both teams ended up with 20 turnovers. You could say it's an ugly game. If you're a defensive coach, you would probably appreciate that it was a really highly skilled game because it was it was dominated by defense. But uh, the Mastodon's difference, the three-point shot. And they ended up hitting 13 of them. Two for four for Amelia Romanschenkel, six for seven from Audra Emerson, two for four from Shayla Sellers, who had a scoreless first half and finished the game in double figures with 12 points. And by the way, Shayla Sellers is one of those uh, odd stats that when she gets into double figures, the Mastodons have a much better record than when she does not. And so the fact she scored 12 second half points, that was a real key for the Mastodons. Uh, but uh, two for three from beyond the line. By Aubrey Stupp. Huge win for the Mastodons, knocking off their in state rivals, which means the Purdue Fort Wayne women are going to the semifinals down at Indiana Farmers Coliseum starting on Monday. They will play top seeded Green Bay at noon. Mastodons just played Green Bay about a week ago and played them very close. Now, 
Now, Green Bay dominates almost everyone. And last night they won, what was it, 85 to 57 or something like that over Wright State. They've been by far the most dominant team in the Horizon League. But when the Mastodons played them on senior day at Green Bay, the Mastodons actually were uh, right in that game. It was a three-point contest coming down to the final seconds. And Green Bay ended up winning it, I think, by four. So who knows what could happen? Great fan support down in Indianapolis last night at the jungle on the campus of IUPUI. A big number of fans attended, but huge, huge statement win. And they've had a number of them this year, knocking off Youngstown State when Youngstown State was sitting in first place in the conference. Uh, That was a huge come-from-behind win at the Gates Center. Um, You know, the fact that they played so close against Green Bay, who many people consider to be one of the more dominant mid-major women's basketball programs in the country and uh i mean just just uh how far this program has come in just two years under maria marcasano the former elmhurst project who returned product <laughs> who returned home and took over this this program because she wanted to help her hometown team build a successful basketball program and the the progress that's been made in just two years is absolutely stunning And she's done it primarily with players that she did not recruit. These are the players that she inherited, and she's turned them into a really decent basketball team. In fact, I think her quote after the game last night is coming up on Monday. There's going to be some really good teams playing in the semifinals of the Horizon League tournament, and we're one of those really good teams. A lot of progress has been made with the Mastodons women not only throughout this year, but in the two years that she's been the head coach. And I will tell you, with the recruiting that she is doing, with uh, with some of the talent and how they've developed already in a very short time, this program is heading up, up, up. Audra Emerson is a sophomore. She ended up getting 18 points last night. Amelia Bromenschenkel, who I believe is a junior. She joined the program halfway through her senior year of high school. She left high school early in December, joined the Mastodons at about the first of the year, and played basically as a freshman when she should have been a senior in high school. So she is, you know, really just kind of maturing right now as a basketball player. She's been the Mastodons' leading scorer, had 18 last night, but a huge win for the Mastodons' women on the road down in Indianapolis. We'll get to talk to the coach coming up at 520 all right so let's talk high school sectionals and you're over there taking notes and i hope it's not to cross off more games for tonight uh we've already you're shaking your head what's that mean all right well i'll give you an update of what i do know is canceled so far or i would i should say postponed not canceled sectional six at columbia city which would see south side wayne and columbia city versus homestead tonight has been postponed till tomorrow what time are they going to play um, I will have to grab that okay, one Because that's going to be the important thing for fans that wanted to attend is not only do you not go to the games tonight, but you have to know when to be prepared because some of these sectionals are going to be now like a regional format. You're going to have to play in the morning and come back at night. Some of them are going with a Saturday night semifinal, Monday night championship. It just depends. And I know uh, the, the, the postponements really started kind of scattering across northwest Indiana because they've got the worst of the weather. And this morning, I was hearing about all the sectionals in northwest Indiana 
and which ones were going to go morning session, nighttime championship, which ones were going to go Saturday night into Monday night. But uh, the Columbia City sectional postponed tonight, and what's the schedule? Yeah, so uh, there's going to be the two semifinals tomorrow at 10 a.m. and noon, and then the final for that sectional will be at 7.30 p.m. tomorrow. So got to win two games in a single day. Yes. Uh, sectional 21 at Garrett has been postponed to tomorrow. Uh, the semif- now, we were going to be there, by the way. Yes. We were going to be at uh, Garrett tonight, and... Uh, so that brings up our programming change because we scrambled this afternoon uh, because, you know, one thing about doing high school sectional games, okay, generally we can contact an athletic director and if he says we're good to go, we can just show up and we can do the broadcast. That's all we have to do. We just talk to the athletic director and he gives us an approval. It doesn't work that way for the tournament. For the tournament, the athletic director is taking the direction of the IHSAA, and every broadcaster has to be on an approved list or they don't get in to broadcast. The athletic director says, hey, you're more than welcome to show up, but you're not turning on the microphone until we've got you on that approved list. So we had to take care of two things. Number one, find a a location outside of Garrett where they were going to play tonight and and talk to the athletic director, find out if they'd have space, if we were going to switch to that place. And then once we knew there was space, then we had to contact the IHSAA because we weren't going to broadcast unless the IHSAA gave us an approval and put us on the approved broadcasters list. All of that had to be done in the last hour or so. So our broadcaster, Michael McIntyre, can start to do prep for the teams that he's going to be covering tonight because we're moving on to Carroll. And a big thanks to Dan Ginder, athletic director at Carroll High School, for uh, making accommodations, thanks to the IHSAA for quick response to get us moved from Garrett to Carroll. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Garrett is postponed. Yes, their semifinals are tomorrow night at 6 and 7.30, and their championship is going to be on 7.30 at, on Monday. Uh, sectional 20 is also postponed. Um, they're going to do their games at 6 and 7.30 Sectional tomorrow. 20 is what? Sectional 20 is is that the uh, Lakeland at Fairfield or Lakeland West Noble and Fairfield Northwood. So where's that at? That was sectional 20 at Northwood. Okay, and so Northwood. That's not a surprise because Northwood's pretty far northwest, and the further you go northwest, the worse the weather gets. Yep. Uh, Westview also postponed. They're going to do their semifinals tomorrow night, and then their championship on Monday. And I think that's all we have so far. Um, and so, uh, so what we know right now, Columbia City pushed off to tomorrow. They're going to play at 10 and noon and then a 7.30 championship game. Yep. Garrett is postponed until tomorrow. Yep. And they also are going to play morning games. No. Garrett is 6, six and 7.30 tomorrow night and then championship Monday at 7.30. Okay, so they're moving to Saturday night and Monday um and then the northwood sectional which has a couple of our northern schools that participate in that one that is going to be what's the schedule alternative schedule on northwood yep northwood is going to be 6 p.m and 7 30 p.m for their semifinals tomorrow night and then 7 30 on monday for their championship okay because the other thing is i saw a couple of these schools that you know, they play their, their semifinals tomorrow night, but then they play the championship at 6 p.m. on Monday. I'm like, why would you play at 6 p.m.? Make it fair to the fans, especially those that might have to travel 
and play at least no earlier than 7 o'clock. I didn't get where, why they were saying that some of the championships would be Monday night at 6. Like, what, are they giving their team an extra hour of rest before they go into the regionals on Saturday? But, uh, yeah, the weather, and if you're in Fort Wayne right now, all you're dealing with is a lot of rain and flooding. We've, we've got flooding in our building. We've got, we don't have a basement, but we have a lower level that's kind of a storage area that has a back entranceway. That was slop, slop as you came in, standing water on the ground. Um, and so hopefully everybody's got their sump pump working. Nobody's got flooded basements because this rain has been pretty torrential through most of the afternoon. But if you go north of here, you get into some bad winter weather. We've got to uh, get a timeout in because we've got Greg Rakestraw. We're going to talk some more high school basketball sectionals, including what's happening down in Indianapolis, where they don't have sectionals postponed tonight. We'll do that with Greg Rakestraw when we return. Hey, don't forget to see my friends Christopher James Menswear. If you're looking for a fine fashion, maybe it's for a round of golf, maybe it's for an important business meeting, maybe you've got a wedding that you're going to be going to, whatever the occasion, if you want to dress your best, you go to see Christopher James Menswear. That's where I went, and I was completely satisfied, a little intimidated walking in, not sure if this was going to meet my budget or how I would be treated because I'm not some, you know, big executive or something, but I'm just an average Joe walking in. But you know what? I walked out with a fit that, that a suit that fit me probably better than any suit I've bought in the last 30 or 40 years. Uh, I was treated with such great respect, so kind, so friendly. They helped me pick out things that went together like the shirts, the ties, and everything like that. And I walked out really satisfied with what I got from Christopher James Menswear. You can be satisfied, too. Trust me. That's the place to go if you want to get that special outfit that you put in your closet, that you pull out on special occasions. It's Christopher James Menswear. Stop and see them. Tell them I sent you. Christopher James Menswear. They're in Covington Plaza at the corner of Jefferson and Getz. Maria Marcasano will join the program coming up about an hour from now to talk about that dramatic win last night against the IUPUI Jaguars. Down at the jungle on the campus of IUPUI. Man, that was that was fun to watch when, uh, you know, you see a team that just grows, develops, and you know they're being well coached. It uh, It is really fun to see them rewarded with victories because ultimately that's that's the ultimate measuring stick that we all have. Win and move on. Play another day. And that's what the Mastodons will do on Monday in the Horizon League Championship Semifinals. Joining us now on our guest line, he's the voice of the IHSAA Champions Network. And much like me on the men's side, he is currently underemployed. Uh, he's the <laughs> voice, voice of the Jaguars. And uh, Greg Rakestraw joining us. And, uh, well, Rake, you know, the... The real re- realization that the the men uh, are done uh, was kind of, uh, I guess, maybe tempered somewhat for you because you got to enjoy that elation of calling your former high school's state championship <laughs> last week. That had to be a great moment. It was. And, and Brett, I was laying to three of the players on the team. Uh, this is the age where, like, all of my cousins' kids are now going through high school, uh, and so I—it's it, it, mind blowing to show you the difference that that class sports can make. So I graduated three years before the end of the single class era. At that time, we had won three sectionals in school history. Our fourth was tacked on before we got to class sports. 
My high school has now competed in four state championship games. They have won two, and I've been on the call of three of them. Wow. So it is, uh, uh, I, I liken it to people the last couple of weeks, kind of like that, that line from Normandale, kind of the press conference in the Hickory Gym before they then went on to Hinkle Fieldhouse, when he said it's kind of like me and you going to the moon. That was the concept of Lanesville playing in a state championship game when I was in high school. And now it's become somewhat commonplace. And that is still a foreign concept for me to grasp. The, uh, of course, uh, girls get done last weekend, and that means it's time to put all of our focus onto the boys' action. And you've got that uh, real ringer there in sectional 10, and you're going to have semifinals tonight. I heard you comment earlier today that you think the semifinals of sectionals, the best day on the high school tournament calendar. Now, I... I want to ask your opinion on this because I always felt like regional Saturday was the best because I love the morning action, the follow-up with the sure. night championship. We don't have that now. Did you always feel that this was the best day or is it the best day now because of the change of the format? I've always felt that way just because you had more schools participating. You know, if you go back to the to the class sports days or, or you know, the, the previous format, you know, you're talking about going from 64 to 16. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's great basketball. But we're talking about tonight, if I have my math correct, 192 teams. Now, obviously, weather has changed <laughs> that in the northern third and the southern third of the state. So, you know, maybe that, that line doesn't hold true because, you know, Mother Nature always shows her teeth in some form or fashion when we get to the first week in March when it comes to the state tournament. But, no, knowing how many teams are involved still at this point and that we – Literally take the field to under what a hundred teams going, or I guess hundred and twenty something teams going in tonight, are uh, coming out of tonight. It's always one of my more fun nights of the year. Uh, you know what the, the this is all about? Mother Nature is making a statement that she likes two games in the morning, one game for a championship <laughs> at night. It's very clear. It, it, it's Mother well, Nature. Know, it, it, it's surprising to me that there's a couple of a couple of sectionals that are doing that tomorrow, but that most everybody else has said, "No, we're going to play Saturday night and Monday," mm-hmm. because it's just not a concept that you know teams are as accustomed to as they used to be. Where it used to be, hey, you know, the last three Saturdays of the season, that's how you play. And if you go back longer than that, shoot, you played the sectional like that too, and you had you know pre consolidation. Yeah. 13, 14 team sectionals, et cetera. Uh, Greg Rakestraw joining us on our guest line. So tell us about this sectional you're at, because one thing about it, Greg, I don't know if the IHSAA, each time they, they do sectional alignment, if they specifically look at this sectional and say, how can we avoid it? And they can't, but it just seems almost unfair because it is such a loaded sectional year after year. The only argument you could make, would be to potentially pull tech or addicts and put them in a sectional that if they jump into it would be every bit as good. So what this is, this is the northeast quadrant of Marion County. So you've got, and, and for years it was tech, north central, LNLC, cathedral, and Warren Central. And then when addicts grew in enrollment as mm-hmm. IPS shrunk to four high schools, not counting the charter schools and things like that. The enrollment in addicts bumped up. So after they won their 3A title, they did not bump up to 4A because of the tradition factor. They bumped up on enrollment. They're now, you know, amongst the top 100 schools in enrollment in the state of Indiana. 
So addicts got, you know, bumped into here as well. And twice in the last four years since that's happened, they have won the city championship. So from a Sagarin rating standpoint, I have numbers 3, 6, 8, and 26 in the state tonight. And I told people this, this sectional is probably not as good as it has been. That's how ridiculous this group <laughs> has been for so many years, yet it is still clearly one of the best sectionals in the state. And uh, one of the few that's getting to play. Uh, well, I guess in the north north part of the state is where we really got the issues with the weather. What's the weather been like in, in, in Indianapolis, central Indiana? I know there was a lot of storms and there was some concern about severe storms. Have you had any down in your parts? So we have basically had the equivalent of, I would say, like a tropical system come through here. Um, you know, like the, the winds have gusted. There's some power outages, but not a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of a bad day across the state. If we've had two and a half to three inches of rain in Indianapolis, and we have the best weather in the state of Indiana right now, <laughs> yeah. you go further south, it's been much more severe storms. Obviously, you go to your neck of the woods. Now we're talking about ice and snow that, that gets mixed in there. And so basically, if you wanted to lop off the northern third of the state from, say, Rochester North, I don't think anybody's playing up there. If you want to go from, say, Seymour South, I'm not sure anybody's playing south of there. But in central Indiana, it's just a wet, soggy night, and uh, I'm on my way to Warren Central as we speak. Greg Gregstraw joining us here on the Sports Rush. Greg, how much college basketball do you get to watch? I, I know you're so busy calling games so regularly. Do you get a chance to really pay attention to what's happening, especially in the Big Ten? I, I, Big Ten is what I do watch. You know, honestly, everything else is kind of fly by at this point. Um, so I try to watch every IU game, try to watch every Purdue game, and other Big Ten games have my attention. Who out of the Big Ten? Because I've been asking this question this week. Who in the Big Ten do you believe has the makings to go the farthest in the NCAA tournament, and how far do you think that team could advance? Brent, I don't think any of them are any good, to be, to be blunt about it. Um, and, I mean, you know, there, there is this now. Indiana could finish anywhere from two to nine. That was a possibility <laughs> uh, in terms of their seeding. Uh, and I'm like, that's probably a sign that maybe nobody's really any good other than Purdue. So I, I, I know that Purdue... Um, is, is the Big Ten champs, and frankly, they've still overachieved from what we thought they were going to do going into the year. They're not playing all that great now, but I think they will benefit from no longer playing Big Ten teams for a while after they get through next week. And I think because Hood Shafino and, and Jackson Davis are, are such solid individual talents, if those two guys get hot and given the right matchup, I think Indiana can be a sweet 16 team. But I know that the, the Big Ten is going to get a lot of teams in. I don't think they get that many on the weekend number two, to be honest with you. There's a belief that the the uh, big, the national tournament, the NCAA tournament, is guard-driven. That you've got to have that star guard if you're going to go to the Final Four, if you're going to win a national championship. That it's a very guard-oriented tournament. Can you win a national championship with a big man-oriented team? You can, just because now I think it is so rare and it is so opposite of what everybody else has that it is part of what makes Purdue so intriguing to watch, whether you care about the Big Ten, the Boilermakers, or not. Um, Zach Eady is one of one. There is nobody like him in college basketball. 
it is an instant bucket, basically, every time that he catches the ball in the paint. However, because of uh, of his lack of quickness and lack of ability to kind of go get a ball at some times, that also leads to some defensive liabilities that, that Purdue has. Um, even with a player as talented and as great of a year as Zach has had. So, again, because Edie is so unique, I think they're a problem. But I think they're one of the few teams that you can say, hey, they're not as guard-driven of a team, and they can still be successful come, uh, come NCAA tournament time. More important for IU's success, Trace Jackson Davis, his level of play, or Jalen hood Shafino and his level of play? Jalen hood Shafino. That's not to knock Trace Jackson Davis at all. But there are other players like Trace Jackson Davis, um, other players across the country like Jalen Hood Shafino as well. But again, I, I think I, I will defer to more of the guard-driven look on that team. Of course, uh, NFL Combine taking place this weekend. Uh, Colts trying to pick among a group of four, maybe five, I think four definitively, uh, that could possibly be in the top of this draft. Do you like Bryce Young? It seems like the media has fallen in love with him. I do like Bryce Young a great deal. Um, I, I am for the Colts moving up to get their guy. In other words, I'm not a fan of saying, well, we're at four. There are four quarterbacks on the board. Let's see how the board plays out. And I know that it is against almost every fiber of, of Chris Ballard's DNA to trade up in the draft. But whomever your guy is, whether it's Young, whether it's Stroud, I probably feel differently about Levis and Richardson. Mm-hmm. But whomever that guy is, I don't want the Colts as kind of standing pat or trading down. This is the time to go up and get your guy, whether that's getting to one, or the Texans make a move with the Bears, and then you make a move with the Bears to get to two. That's a plausible scenario I see happening. Whomever that guy is, go get him. That's what I want to see this team do. Have a great call tonight, Greg. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, buddy. Always good to catch up with you. Yep. Greg Regstraw joining us on the guest line. And, uh, of course, he is going to be on the call for the ISC Sports Network tonight for Warren Central High School. That sectional always very entertaining. Tonight here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM, action from Carroll High School. And uh, who plays tonight at Carroll? East Noble versus Northrop. I'm doing this by memory. And Snyder versus Northside will be your pairing tonight. And we'll have all the play-by-play action. Michael McIntyre will be in position to make the call. And then after the game, join us for all six area scores. Because Adam Lundy will be working. Well, he won't even be working. Six scores. You don't even, I mean, are they going to pay you to get six scores and announce it on the radio? Do you actually get paid for a job like that? You think I get paid? (laughs) You do get pizza. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I get paid. There you go. Couple Um, pies. You and Griff, you're right there in the same... uh, same category, right? Uh, no, I. I it actually is, is kind of an interesting situation tonight because half of the over half of the sectionals have now been postponed. We'll uh, we'll have to get to that. Uh, hopefully, around five o'clock, we'll give you an update on what's happening with tonight's area sectionals because the weather has certainly impacted the schedule for tonight, and we'll cover that some more. But we've got to talk some common hockey. They've got a rare Friday night off. And then a couple of big ones coming up this weekend. Shane Alberani, voice of the Comets, feeling better and ready to talk to us next, right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.
Bruzy Automotive Service has your oil change for just $19.90 if you tell them the Sports Rush sent you. That's five-quart regular oil change for just $19.90, saving $17 off the regular price of an oil change. You only get those kind of savings when you tell them you heard it here on the Sports Rush at Cruzy Automotive Service. In fact, if you've got synthetic oil, you're thinking, well, I'm not going to get 1990. Synthetic oil is going to cost a lot more than that. You're right. It does cost more. But Cruzy already has a low everyday price on synthetic oil changes that will beat almost all competition. Then they'll give you 17 more dollars off that. So you will save big when you get your next oil change at Cruzy Automotive Service. It's where I go I know you'll get great service. I know you'll get taken care of. And if you've got any kind of servicing or maintenance that has to be done on your vehicle, they'll give you a proper diagnosis. They'll get the repair done right and on time, and you'll always pay the right price. That's Cruzy Automotive Service, K-R-U-S-E. Lima Road, north wall and south of Till, behind the Shell Gas Station. Call for an appointment at 489-1089, 489-1089 for Cruzy Automotive Service. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. For just tuning in, yes, there are some postponements in high school basketball tonight. We will get those to you somewhere around 5 o'clock. Stay uh, tuned for that. Comet Hockey will also not be played tonight. Well, it wasn't scheduled to be played tonight. Uh, And that's why we've got our next guest, who is fully healthy and available to talk to us this afternoon. It is good to hear him back. Voice of the Comet, Shane Alberani. Shane, how you feeling? I'm 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 good. I'm five pounds lighter uh, <laughs> and uh, better for the experience. And uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, always got to find the positives in going through that uh, that kind of an illness. But uh, yeah, we know uh, you were pretty under the weather to not not be there to call the game because I know you're a trooper when it comes to trying to fight through a broadcast. It just wasn't going to happen this week. Yeah, you know that was the the first broad Comet broadcast I've ever missed. That maybe maybe the second or third, you know, in 31 years. So, yeah, you know uh, it's bad if I can't, if I don't think I can uh, soldier through it. But, uh, you know, it was, but uh, you know what, it, it was fine. You know, I felt better, uh, you know, about 3, 4 o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, it was great to have Josh Gillen. Josh Williams, uh, he did a tremendous job, and I appreciate everything he did. It's so much tougher to be sitting on your couch either watching or listening to a Comets broadcast than than when you're actually on the call. At least I found that to be true. Like if I'm watching the Mastodons, if I'm not on the call or on a road trip, it is painful to try to sit and stay still and not get nervous or anxious. To me, it's very tough as the broadcaster to not be the broadcaster. Well, yeah, and that was the first time I've had to do it uh, (laughs) uh, since Bob Chase. Uh, So, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it'd been about a decade. So, you know, it, it was kind of odd, but again, Josh, uh, Josh killed it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, for the Comets, of course, they come off the loss to Toledo. What what has Toledo found? They've got some walleye magic going right now. 11 straight, and the Comets, well, they didn't have a real good start to this one, but they had a great middle and then just didn't quite get it done <laughs> in the end. Yeah, you know, uh, Toledo always finds a way. You know, you, you, you can't, you can never count them out uh, of any season. Uh, Dana Watson over there. Uh, does a tremendous job, and you know, like I said, you know, they 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 find a way, and uh, the comments right now they've got to find a way uh, to to get through this because it it really is quite bizarre uh, what is happening. You know, this team went from winning uh, ten out of twelve games, I think, to losing five straight, and there's really no kind of clear explanation. There wasn't a big roster turnover, there wasn't a lot of injury, there 
there was none of that. Just all of a sudden, you know, this team just couldn't couldn't score goals, and it certainly wasn't for a lack of effort. So, uh, yeah, you know, everyone's just kind of scratching their heads on this, but. Really, you know, if you, it, it really comes down to the starts that the Comets are having. Uh, you know, the Comets have had some rotten first periods all season long. It's, it's been the yeah. worst period. Uh, you know, I think they're, they're a, a, a minus 16 uh, in the first period this season, but then they're a plus 15 in the second period. So they're finding themselves in these big holes in the first, and they, they, they dig themselves out of it. Then a the third period comes around. They're a minus two, so they're just kind of running out of gas. So... You know, when the Comets get the lead, they hold it. But it's, the problem is getting the lead. You know, they've been outscored, uh, I think, eight to one over this five-game losing streak uh, in the in the first period. So it's just you know you got to get out of the gate. So I think you know tomorrow night, you know, if the Comets can get two or three in early, it, it's going to do a, a world of good for these guys' confidence. Let's talk about the roster because there was a, a little bit of a flip at goaltender and Colton Point uh, departs, and I, I don't know what. I know what it says on paper, but I don't know what it really means uh, in reality. It sounds like, is he looking at stepping away from hockey, either temporarily or permanently? Yeah, you know, it was already listed uh, on the on the AHL transactions that he had retired. Uh, so, yeah, so it okay. appears that cold point is stepping away. And uh, tell us about the replacement. Yeah, uh, Corbin Kaspersky, uh, you know what, he, he's a guy, you know, he's not... Uh, 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 well, I mean, uh, uh, coming out of college, he played at Yale, played at Denver, uh, but he played uh, some time. He was all over the place last year from the SPHL to the AHL uh, and, and Iowa uh, for most of the time. And uh, he, tell you what, he, he, he stymied the Comets on more than one occasion last season. So it, it's glad that he's on our side, but he, he's, a, he's a really sneaky kind of goaltender. You know, when you look at him and you look at, and, and you just really wouldn't think it, but he really is a fine goaltender, and I think the Comets have really got a good one. When you look at the Comets and uh, where they're at uh, right now in the standings, wh- where are they officially as far as playoff positioning and what does this weekend mean as far as that goes? Well, you're in fourth place right now. You're, you're still in good shape, even though you know, the last, you know, the, the road trip was a disaster. You lose another one at home, but the team behind you, Wheeling, they're five points back of you. Uh, they're going to play tonight, so it could be three to points uh, going into tomorrow night's game. Uh, but uh, you're going to play in three out of the next four games, and you have a couple of games still at hand. So the Comets are still in very good shape, but you still got a lot of hockey left. You're, you're talking over 20 games. That's a 40-point swing, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's no need to hit the panic button, but it is a definite cause for concern because it looks like, you know, getting into the top three spots, I would say it's probably out of the question unless you really go on a run uh, and one of the teams also kind of kind of dips down. So, you know, fourth place, you know, that that's fine. You know, you just want to get in, into the dance. So uh, the comments are still in, in, in good shape, but, you know, they've got to they've got to turn it around. You're playing wheeling three out of four games. You're playing Iowa on Sunday, another team uh, that's below you. So it is this next two weeks uh, can really kind of solidify that fourth spot. Of course, tomorrow night we are going to have a special celebration. The Comets, who always do a great job of recognizing their successful history, are going to have many special players in attendance. Go ahead and tell us what the excitement is tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, uh, you, like you said, Brad, you know, the, the, this is a proud franchise that likes to celebrate the champions, and we're we're bringing back four championship teams uh, tomorrow night, uh, going back to 1963, 73, uh 
93 and 03. You kind of see the theme there. Uh, and, uh, uh, no, you're going to, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, there's not very many guys from that 63 team, uh, still with us, but you'll have a few out there, including Mr. Comet, uh, Eddie Long and Chuck Adamson. And, you know, it'd be great to see guys, uh, from the 73 team, uh, like Bob Fitchner and, uh, of course, Robbie Irons. And, uh, and then a lot of guys, uh, from, uh, from 92, 93 and then, and then 03 are going to come into town. So, uh, if you're going, you know what, get your, get your memorabilia, get your jerseys and, and make sure you, you get these guys to sign autographs because, you know, it's, as time goes by, you know, these guys don't get together that much. Uh, and again, you know, you're only having a few left from a few of these teams. So don't miss out, uh, and, and get to the game tomorrow night and, and, and meet these guys. Uh, you know, they're, they're true Comet legends. They're, they're champions. Uh, nothing that you know, can take that away from these guys and we'll celebrate these guys forever. So uh, make sure you, you come out and meet him tomorrow. And, uh, of course, going back to that 63 team, Chuck Adamson, Eddie Long, uh, Robbie Irons from 73. Some of the guys from 93 include uh, Ian Boyce, uh, Guy Dupuis, Steve Fletcher, Scott Gruel. Uh, yeah. Kel- Kelly what's cool about, yeah, what's tell cool me about, about Gruel because I was surprised to see his name on there. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Gruel's coming back, and his son, Logan, will be our referee tomorrow night. Oh. That is a really cool story. Wow. And then, uh, of course, Gary Lusick and Pokey Reddick. And, uh, of course, we all remember that 93 team with their perfect run through the, the postseason. And then, uh, and then a number of guys for the 2003 team. Now I'm thinking 2013, you know, you were talking about 63, 73, eight, uh, 93, <laughs> 2003. 2013 doesn't end with the right, you know, it's not a one three, right? So this yeah. is really the first chance we've had in the last 20 years to make that run with the, Three, right? So I hope right, these guys right. realize that that they're they're setting the stage here. That this year's team now has the pressure on them. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And I'm sure uh, a lot of these champions are, are going to be in the dressing room uh, before the game, uh, giving the guys uh, that pep talk. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, this is something that that it's it's a real sellable point to players during the off season. It's like you know, we celebrate these guys. If you win a championship here, you're going to be remembered forever you know 10 championship teams you know and to kind of put it in perspective this team has been around 71 years 10 championship teams uh, this team has only missed the playoffs 10 times you know in 71 years you know so it's like how do you want to be remembered you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> do you want to be you know the group that missed the playoffs or you know a team that won a championship and of course kept that tradition of making the playoffs as well so we should uh, invite the guys that were on the teams that didn't make the playoffs just so we could have them on the ice. <laughs> have them on the ice and just get a warm reception from Comets That's fans. Right. Yeah, That's let's right. recognize the losers of the organization. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's I mean, that's a crazy stat that you've won as many championships yeah. as you've missed the playoffs in 71 years. Yeah, that's it, crazy. it is crazy. Um, also, uh, Oh, uh, I want to ask you about Fante because this dude's a pretty special goaltender, and obviously he's going to be the number one guy as the comments get closer to starting the playoffs. And is he a lock to stay here? What I mean, he's under contract, isn't he, with uh, with yes. Edmonton? And yes. is the organization is Edmonton committed to keeping him here so he can be our number one? Yeah, barring any injury, I don't. You know, uh, at the upper level, you know, I don't see Ryan. I see Ryan Fante being here. Uh, the rest of the season because, you know, he, he is a, he is a prospect and they do want him to play and they do want him to see a lot of action, which he has been. He's, he's been a workhorse. Uh, and, and you can tell, you know, he, he has good games and bad games. You can see, uh, him improving. So that's what Edmonton wants to see. Their goaltender coach, 
was actually in town uh, Wednesday uh, to watch the game in person. And, of course, uh, gave him a little bit uh, of instruction. So, yeah, you know, Ryan Fancy is here. You know, and he, he is a, he's a very good goaltender. And, again, he's young, you know, so he's still, he'll st- still learning the program. Might have made him a little nervous, too, or with that start, <laughs> giving up three goals of, like, the first well, you know, five that shots. Is true. You know, when you know when someone, <laughs> you know, from the organization is in the building, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to play a little tight. Well, uh, Shane, look forward to you being back on the call this weekend. Tomorrow night, the special recognition of all the championship teams from 63, 73, 93, and 03. And then on Sunday, Iowa. Now, are they still struggling? I haven't looked at the standings, but it is, I know Iowa at one point was kind of struggling. Where are they at now? Yeah, they're still in seventh place, and they're they're still struggling. Uh, you know, they're, I don't think a lot has changed in Iowa, but, you know, the the Comets have, have played well against them this year, but every game has been a tough game. So, you know, you can't sleep on these guys, you know. Uh, so you, you got to stay focused, and it's a, it's a good opportunity to, to dig out of the hole that, that we're in and, and, and get that fire because, you know, this team is I, – I, they've been so streaky. You know, they, they've lost five in a row, but I can see them winning the next four or five in a row. So, <laughs> yeah, and that new and that new goalie's got to be in the nets on Sunday, right? Yeah, I I would expect to see uh, to see uh, Kaspersky in there on Sunday against his former team. Yeah, absolutely. Shane, have a uh, great weekend. Good luck to the Comets. Appreciate you taking time out on a Friday off. Do you do you have like yes. special plans? Is your wife making you take her to dinner or anything tonight? Because this is a rarity for you. You know, it was discussed, but you know the weather right now. I think this is not a good night. It would, yeah. it would ruin your hair, honey. We can't go out. Yeah, this is this might not happen tonight. It might be a, a DoorDash kind of a night. Let's ask out. Sheriff. Let's ask Sheriff what he thinks. Yeah, we'll stay at home and play with the dog. Hey, have a That's great right. Friday night, Shane. We appreciate <laughs> All right, it, Brett. Thanks, Shane Alberani, joining us on the guest line. We'll take a quick time out. Coming up. We'll give you your updated sectional schedule. Of course, a lot of postponements for area high school boys basketball sectionals tonight. We'll tell you about it when we return. Also, Maria Marcasano, coach of the Purdue-Fort Wayne women's basketball team, joining us at about 520. It's the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.